0: go to shop mr c online store at www.thecreport.com click on store on the top right menu use coupon code 1776reborn at checkout How is everyone doing today? Good afternoon, America. Good afternoon, brothers and sisters. I hope we are all having a wonderful Friday. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. It's Friday, Friday. We made it. We made it, to whether we thought we would make it or not. Do people still celebrate the weekends anymore? Honestly, I wonder. You know, I mean, after the entire COVID debacle, you know. It's like weekends. Who needs weekends? We're home all the time these days. Anyhow, yeah, well, here we are, ladies and gentlemen. We've made it to Friday. We've made it to our third installment here at Lone Star News of uh, our Texas lawsuit against illegal elections in the Lone Star State. Welcome to another edition of Lone Star News. Ladies and gentlemen, I am your host, uh, Mr. C, also known as Michael Aaron Gossett, is coming to you live across the interwebs and the interscreens. I hope everything's going well on your side of the screen. Uh, We got uh, Rumble, we got Twitch, we got uh, Foxhole, we got Pilled, we got Trovo, we got Clout Hub. Ladies and gentlemen, I have it on good word that I can actually start uh, live streaming over at SuzanneTube again. But I'm going to hold off on that for now, at least until I can remember to delete the episodes as soon as <laughs> I'm done broadcasting live. So they can't strike me down with uh, with their uh, extreme... Uh, extreme bias and stuff like that. But nevertheless, uh, gotten a little bit early. It's a good thing I got in early today because as soon as I did, everything started to malfunction on my side of the screen. So, uh, you know, just, just a little inside baseball. You know, when you see that long five-minute countdown, that means I am trying to fix stuff on my side of the screen. Fortunately, it was all fixed. Uh, you know, Rumble went down for me over here, got that fixed up real quickly, you know, and then uh, just a whole bunch of other things that were just uh, happening in the haps. Uh, anyhow, I'm sure a lot of you guys are happy to see my face again after yesterday's uh, C-Report where we did, um, we we'll basically did some uh, going hard docs that needed to be seen, but uh, we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit later on tonight on the weekend edition of the C Report. That's Friday, the Friday edition, right? The Friday edition. But in the meantime, we need to jump straight into this lawsuit, okay? Because this lawsuit that we've been going through the last three episodes of Lone Star News, very important. We had some bold and courageous Texans that all stepped up to the plate and uh, they filed a lawsuit against the illegal elections here in Texas. That's right, we are holding illegal elections here in Texas. Uh, if you guys recall what we've been through in the lawsuit so far, uh, we've talked about the lack of accreditation of the voting system testing laboratories. We've talked about the lack of certification of the voting machines, ES&S and Hart InterCivic and the Lone Star State. That's already two counts of illegality that our Secretary of State uh, has uh, gone ahead with and allowed to take place in this uh, in this great in this great state. ladies and gentlemen. that should uh, be sending some red flags out to Texans out there. Those are just two of the points, okay? Uh, we looked at uh, the uh, ESNS, which is the election systems and software uh, voting systems. Okay, that's ESNS. That's one of the one of the machines. We looked at what specifically was illegal about that machine. So not only do we have the lack of accreditation for the voting system testing laboratories, uh, which is ProV and B and SLI, which the Election Assistance Commission. Went ahead and allowed them to function without accreditation. Illegality number one, right? And then we looked at the certification of the machines by these uh, voting system testing laboratories, ProV and Sli. That's illegality number two. But then we took a look at the ESNS voting systems, and uh, we went ahead and figured out why it was illegal to allow that particular voting machine into uh, the game to allow uh, Texans to vote on. Well. As it turns out, ladies and gentlemen, uh, it seems that the software that was being used on ESNS, well, it uh, it did not pass any of its standard uh, safety tests and security testings, okay? And the Secretary of State was aware of this. Now, if you want to get technical about exactly how that is, well, it was something called the hash validation, okay? And now to break it down into uh, terms that I can understand, basically what it means is you have software here that's being uploaded through a thumb drive, right? And when you stick the thumb drive into the machine, the machine has a hash validation mechanism. All that basically means is the software inside the machine has numbers that need to match the software inside the thumb drive, and if they match when inserted, then it's a validated hash mark. If they don't match, it's not validated, so you get your thumb drive software, you stick it in the machine, and the hashes do not match bam, bam, bam. So that's a big thing. So, you know, there was uh, in the lawsuit, what we were reading is that there was actually a lot of conversation going between the Secretary of State of Texas office and his lawyers that were going over to ES&S, that was going over to the EAC, right? And it was going over to their voting system testing laboratories. Well, somewhere in the mix, you have ES&S telling the SOS here in San Antonio, I mean, sorry, San Antonio, here in Texas, they're saying, hey, Secretary of State, you know, the thing about it is, is that uh, we at ESNS we expected there to be a, uh, a, a, um, um, a non-validation uh, error to come up. And because we expected there to not be a non-validation error, we knew it was going to happen. That means that it's validated because, you know, we knew it wasn't going to match. So uh, you just just go ahead and, uh, and go ahead and take it, Texas. Go ahead and, you know, we're, we're going to hand you one here and you're going to accept it because because we expected it. Well, the uh, lawyers here in Texas were like, "Wait, wait, 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 wait." So you're just expecting us to accept an error because you expected to accept uh, to you expected an error. Okay, so uh, we we just have to take your word that the error that occurred is the error that you expected. And that there's not something else going on here. We just have to take your word for it, huh? And so, ESNS was like, "Yeah, well, yeah. You just have to take our word for it. You know, um, uh, we we we're sorry, and and we're so sorry that you distrust us, but you have to take our word for it." So uh, the lawyers here in Texas were like, "No, no, 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 no. We're not going to do that." So they went ahead and they got into contact with the Election Assistance Commission. The Election Assistance Commission passed this. Hash non-validation over to the unaccredited voting system testing laboratories, and the unaccredited voting system laboratory said, ah, it's a non-issue. So go ahead and just accept it. So that was good enough for the Election Assistance Commission, and the Election Assistance Commission then went ahead and passed that note back down to the Secretary of State, and the Secretary of State said, well, you know, if the if it's good enough for the Election Assistance Commission and their non-accredited voting system testing laboratories it's good enough for the lone star state and that's how we got our esns the very machine that i vote on is esns and i am furious that they allowed this to occur now that is the magic that is the inside baseball that is the absolute thoroughness that is found within this lawsuit. And that's why we're going through it because we're getting all of the inside baseball. We're seeing all of the things that we could not see and all of the things that are not reported about how Texas ended up accepting these voting systems for Texans to cast their votes, thinking that we have a secure vote, thinking that everything counts in large amounts. And you know what, guess what? We're getting screwed, ladies and gentlemen. We're getting screwed. And that's exactly why we're going through this lawsuit. I know it's lengthy. It's over 100 pages long. We're about a third or more of the way through it. And I tell you what, I might have to throw in some uh, weekend Lone Star news to get through this lawsuit because we can't be covering this lawsuit for the next two weeks. We're going to miss out on all the Texas news. I mean, uh, you know, they will have saved the country by the time we get through this lawsuit. Right. Our republic will be restored by the time I finish reading this lawsuit with you guys. So I might have to put in some I might have to put in some overtime here at Lone Star News only because I love my nation and I love my state. And I think it's absolutely important that fellow Texans understand exactly what happened and why it went down. So that's why we're going through this lawsuit. And again, uh, again, uh, again, I don't know. I don't know how to express my gratitude uh, or how to express, you know, my just thanking my lucky Lone Star, ladies and gentlemen, that we had Texans who managed to get this thing together. Right. And it's written in such a way you would think that you were reading a John Durham indictment. It has so much information. It's so thorough, except instead of leaving the blanks, instead of saying uh, voting system uh, uh, testing laboratory number one and uh, election agency number one, no, it gives you the names. It gives you the names, 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 ladies and gentlemen. And that's where, uh, that's where we are right now at this point. If you're joining us live for the first time, uh, I would recommend that you uh, go back and review the last two episodes of Lone Star News. Just, just if you want to catch up, um, uh, but uh, definitely uh, you will be, you'll be, you'll be good where you are uh, if you just hang out for this episode and see what is up because we went through ESNS. Texas uses two voting, two voting machines. Uh, the other one we use is Heart InterCivic, Okay, today. We're gonna go through Heart InterCivic, ladies and gentlemen. And uh Heart InterCivic had a whole bunch of different issues compared to ESNS. So let's figure out why Texas's Secretary of State went ahead and allowed Heart InterCivics machines into our borders. And isn't it funny, guys? Isn't it funny? Because, uh, you know, A.G. Paxton and everyone was like, no, Dominion, no, Dominion. They're vulnerable. Like, we can't use Dominion because they're hackable. And Texas went, yeah, A.G. Paxton. Yeah, secure elections. We're going to beat out Dominion. Uh, 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 uh. You see how bad Dominion is? We're not going to allow them into Lone Star News. We're not going to allow them into the Lone Star State. And uh, But we allowed Hard InterCivic and we allowed esns." which incidentally are just as vulnerable as what? Dominion, right? Dominion was the national face of the uh, boogeyman, the bad guys, when we're talking about uh, election, ele- election equipment. So, uh, you know, as long as they don't got Dominion, we're okay, right? Texas, wrong. They were all designed for failure, and, and, you know, just the fact that uh, the people over at ESNS expected there to be some type of a uh, hash mismatch, right? I couldn't say that in the last episode. I was, like, getting all tongue-tied. Uh, it just goes to show, man, they were already – it was already a fix. The fix was already in, right? The fix was already in. This is affecting our 2022 elections, of course, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, just keep in mind, guys. You know, Governor Abbott should have at least had a runoff. If he didn't have a runoff, there's no way that he scored as high as he did per the votes in Texas. Okay. Y'all wonder how they do that? I don't know. Maybe on the SNS, something with that hash mismatch, people could come in through a back door and kind of rig the numbers. Kind of the way it seems like to me. But uh, let's not forget some of the names included on this lawsuit. The current secretary of state, John B. Scott, he's like number six for Abbott, right? Let's not forget the secretary of state office is not only, not only is it appointed and not elected, but these suckers are supposed to be fulfilling their entire term to match the governor's. That's right. One term, four years. All right. We have, uh, we have number six here, guys, since Abbott has been in office, that's Mr. Scott. Ruth R. Hughes She was number five. She was the one who was directly in the office of Secretary of State during the 2020 election. So you know, she's going to have a lot of accountability coming at her. And finally, Joe Esparza, Jose Esparza. Now here's the face of the real Secretary of State in the state of Texas. This man has been with Abbott since day one. He is the Deputy Secretary of State. You know, he's the one who's pulling all the strings. He's the one who's writing up the scripts for the likes of John B. Scott and Ruth R. Hughes. He's hanging out with Jenna Griswold and Wretched Gretchen Whit- Wait, 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 wait. Not Wretched Gretchen Whitmer. That's the governor, Jocelyn Benson, okay? He's hanging out with Jocelyn Benson. He's hanging out with Katie Hobbs. He's hanging out with Brad Raffensperger over there at the National Association of Secretaries of State. This guy here, guys, Texans, you want to know who the real Secretary of State is? It is Jose Esparza, okay? He's hanging out with all the national rats, Secretaries of State. You never know. He's been hiding under the covers, but he's been with uh, Abbott from the beginning. Even though the office itself has been a revolving door of losers and miscreants that are allowing our elections to be stolen. With that said, let's jump into today's lawsuit. All right, uh, we are going to be going through Heart InterCivic this afternoon, and we're not going to stop until we finish with Heart InterCivic. Um, after Heart InterCivic, just so you guys kind of have a timeline of where this is going. Uh, The lawsuit will address um, the uh, other whistleblowers and the other reports from around the nation. Okay, this is a golden lawsuit, ladies and gentlemen. It's a golden lawsuit. And the reason why I say that is because it's going to force the judges to consider the other reports and the other lawsuits that are happening around the nation, okay? Now, just imagine, guys, just imagine... The precedence that this lawsuit will set for the rest of the nation if the judge rules in favor of the plaintiffs. Do you get what I'm saying here? If the judge rules in favor of the plaintiffs regarding this lawsuit and all of the information that is held within it, it's going to set a standard across the nation. Ladies and gentlemen, Texas, my Texas, please. Please. Please, I'm praying, I'm hoping that this thing, ladies and gentlemen, is gonna land a. It's gonna land a hit. You know what I mean? So uh, let's let's just, uh, ladies and gentlemen, you know, you you have to have to have to absolutely applaud the brave Texans who put their name on this thing. Okay, there's like two or three dozen of them. It's it's almost like a class action, but it was uh, filed pro se, which means they don't have a lawyer, okay? They, they paid for this lawsuit themselves and, uh, you know, uh, they, they went at it, but, you know, without a lawyer, who wrote this thing, right? Like, it's a masterpiece. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? It's Mr. C from The C Report, and I'm stopping in for just a sec to encourage you guys to head over to theseereport.com. At theseereport.com, you can get more information on The C Report, check out episode resources, follow our blog and get new articles every week, join our mailing list, and stay abreast on the latest news and information. That's right, head on over to creport.com that's www.thecreport.com. And be sure to follow us on our social medias, Truth Social, Rumble, Twitch, Clout Hub, and Pill.net. Now let's get into it, guys. Let's talk about Heart InterCivic. Let's see what they've got to say for us. Okay, getting into the lawsuit. There is no universal definition of a paper ballot which enables vendors and their surrogates to characterize machine-marked paper printouts from ballot-marking devices, otherwise known as BMDs, ballot-marking devices, as paper ballots, okay? The machine-marked ballot is then counted on a separate scanner, Most independent cybersecurity election experts caution against putting these insecure ballot marking devices between voters and their ballots and instead recommend hand-marked paper ballots as primary voting system. Currently, hybrid systems that combine both a ballot marking device and a scanner into a single unit are more controversial. Verity Touch Rider Duo are daisy chain configurations comprised of a Verity controller device, a proprietary cord connecting up to 12 ballot marking devices. The software application Verity Relay is a remote transmission software application that receives election data transmission sent by verity scan device a tabulator unit that system that's unit that scans verity touch duo scanner firmware and digital scanner devices that are equipped with the relay modem accessory per the contract obtained through pia requests it appears that tarrant county Purchased this capability. Already here, guys, there's all this jargon that I'm like, what the heck? You know, are you guys, is, are y'all guys kind of like eyes glazing over like mine? Like, hey, what did I just read? <laughs> what did I just read? Two manufacturers of the voting machines utilized in Texas, ESS and Hart InterCivic, testified before the House Administration Committee that some tabulators have wireless modem capabilities. Several aspects slash components of heart InterCivic's Verity voting are concerning when in close proximity to the internet. One known county contract of the heart InterCivic tabulators indicates that nine of the add-on modems were purchased. So we have modem edge here in texas let me just fix this real quick okay this text only all right I don't, I don't know what's up with that text only please okay so we have we have modems here in texas it's just it's been admitted county contract shows heart interested tabulators were purchased with modems okay per heart contract a modem kit is required for electronic uh, transmission of Verity Scan. So never let it be said that there are no modems on some of these machines in the, in the heart of Texas, right? And uh, here is a graph diagram that shows you uh, the, it, that in fact, we do have um, um, devices here configured with modems. Modem kit required for electronic transmission from Verity Scan, okay? Estimated uh, quantity was nine. We spent $4,500 on modem kits, ladies and gentlemen. That's right. If you're from Texas, your taxpayer dollars were used to cheat the vote. $4,500, right? $4,500. On August 1st, 2019, the Secretary of State's office sent a letter of approval for the above contract, which contains the add-on modems to Haider Garcia relay modem kit. The relay modem kit is listed by as required by heart in order for the ENR to function, but is not a listed component on the Secretary of State examination or on the certification. So yeah, they have to buy these modems, but the Secretary of State's not going to examine that. It's not even going to worry about it if it's going to certify it. Now, Brandon Hurley, who is a Secretary of State appointed examiner, pointed out the connectivity capabilities of this make and version of voting system in his examination report. So they knew about it, okay? Secretary of State's office knew about it. The exact component that allows this was not identified in Hurley's report, however, the visuals of Verity voting as well as several item descriptions in SLI compliance's testing report could be points of vulnerability given the lack of compliance with the VVSG. See 1.6.1 block diagram. And again, SLI compliance is one of the, one of two voting system testing laboratories that the election assistance commission authorizes as the sole uh, sole uh, sole agencies that can actually look up or uh, or certify or even audit right even audit voting systems and machines here in the United States of America So here's this diagram, again, this is from SLI compliance, Uh, they have circled here uh, the necessity for the uh, modems, okay, necessity for the modems, and look at this, what is that, what does this look like to you? Let let me expand that just a little bit, bam, bam, bama. okay, look at this. What is that? That's the little Wi-Fi, right? Little Wi-Fi thing here. I know you can't read the wording. I can't even read the wording here. But everyone recognize this symbol here, right, as being the Wi-Fi symbol, right? Yeah, I, I recognize it as such. I'm pretty sure you guys do as well. So uh, that that's all inclusive in this diagram, okay? All inclusive in that diagram. So air gapping. What is air gapping? Air gapping measures that are intended to prevent internet-slash-network access have several experts presenting testimonies and demonstrations that contradict air gapping as fail-safe. Most traditional air gaps involve what is popularly known as a sneaker net, a physical method of transferring data. An example, a Wi-Fi dongle (laughs) or USB port. At this point, human nature takes over. Even well-intentioned users will accidentally leave doors unlocked or USB ports unguarded. They may get lazy and neglect to follow security procedures. One worrisome example of this risk occurs on merchant ships and naval vessels, whose mechanical control and navigation systems are air-gapped because... Well, they're on a ship and generally not connected to the Internet, though even that is starting to change. Once a ship is docked, however, a malicious actor can gain access to the ship and use a USB stick to insert malware into the system. When a ship undergoes maintenance and hundreds of semi or non-vetted workers are aboard the vessel, While the regular crew is away, it's easy to see how an air gap will fall apart. Now uh, they have this little little, uh, text here, 2.5 materials. It says, items identified in the table reflect materials required to perform hardware, software, telecommunications, security, accuracy, and integrated system tests in a manner that reflects real world use and needs. The following tests materials are required for the performance of testing including as applicable test ballot layout and generation materials, test ballot sheets, and any other materials used in testing. Ballots and a blank ballot grade paper, thumb drives, USB dongles, Ballot marking pens and printer paper rolls. Further, Brandon Hurley noted an overvote issue. Oh, oh, Brandon Hurley knew of an overvote issue. Brandon Hurley says bring up a warning when more than one candidate can be voted for in a specific race. However, when you make your selection to continue, there is an automatic deselection of another candidate chosen rather than allowing the vote to decide who gets deselected, the voter to decide. It led to a voter confusion, casting of an unintended vote without the voter's knowledge. Hmm, that seems to be um, some type of function that uh, was going on with the touch screen, maybe? In other words, you touch one candidate and another candidate deselects? Heart InterCivic ballot issues. Hood County District Attorney Matthew Mills contacted Attorney General Ken Paxton requesting clarification of ballot numbering issues associated with the use of Hart Intercivic Voting System. Mills pointed out the following issues with electronic voting systems, specifically Hart's hybrid voting system. Questions arising about compliance with election code who has the authority to select the method of numbering ballots. Texas Secretary of State's legal director of the election division informed election administrators of two ways to comply. First method, pre-print numbers of blank ballot stock, email deems simplest and easiest way. Second method, the voting machine to generate random numbers on blank ballots. And uh, there is the language from that uh, that follows through. Uh, The relevant language in section 52.062 is the following. The ballots prepared by each authority responsible for having the official ballot prepared, does this indicate that using pre-printed numbers on blank ballot stock is the only legal way to comply with the statute? Or does the machine generation method also comply with the numbering requirement? Mills poses three questions regarding the ballot numbering issue with Hart InterCivic Machines. A memorandum from a staff attorney, Chuck Pinney, to the direct- Director of Elections, Keith Ingram, dated May 18, 2020, states, machine-generated numbering on the Hart Verity 2.4 system complies with Texas ballot numbering requirements, Okay. A lot of names there, right? Now, Chuck Penny is a Secretary of State attorney. Okay. And he is sending this letter to Keith Ingram, who is the Director of Elections in Texas. All right. Okay. So, according to Election Code uh, and, uh, and Section 31.032, the Election Commission has the authority to appoint an election administrator, as well as suspend or terminate the administrator under section 31.037. Under section 31.039, the commissioner's court maintains authority over various budgetary issues, including salary and staffing. Uh, So a 1988 Texas attorney general Uh, OP number LO-8862, the AG's office opined that election administrators should be largely independent of both the commissioner's court and election commission, essentially stating that the elections commission does not possess the authority to suspend an elections administrator. Senate Bill 12333 in 2011 may render the AG opinion moot which gave new authority to elections commissions to suspend elections administrators. In 1997, the San Antonio Court of Appeals provided a different conclusion in Cryer v. Navarro 952 SW2D25. The elections administrator was greatly restricted in the exercise of his duties from selecting polling places and early voting sites issuing orders, calling for elections, adopting a voting system, selecting election judges and phone bank clerks, leasing voting systems, the evidence presented establishes that the governmental functions performed by Navarro were not exercised largely independent of the control of others. So it says here, assuming the reasoning and crier is correct, Is the method of ballot numbering akin to adopting a voting system, which is controlled by the commissioner's court? Or has the commissioner's court already determined the voting system by purchasing voting equipment and the election administrator may then determine which method of ballot numbering is appropriate. Chapter 52 of the election code contains various provisions for the preparation of ballots. Under section 52.001, ballots are for the vote in an election, emphasis added. Does the suggestion in the director's advisory that jurisdictions may conduct subsequent elections with ballot numbers starting higher than one comply with section 52.062, or should ballots begin with the number one for each election? On October 23rd, 2019, Keith Ingram of the Texas Secretary of State Office published Election Advisory 2019-23, Section 13one 41 The director suggests that jurisdictions may start with the number one and then start subsequent elections with ballots with much higher starting numbers. Emphasis added. See below Election Advisory 2019-23 reads as follows. The jurisdiction can pre-number the ballots and split them into batches for each election, with each batch beginning with a number that ends in the number one. Those batches must be no smaller than the units of 100, though a jurisdiction could batch in larger units if needed, 1,000, 10,000, etc. Example, for the November election, the jurisdiction could use ballots 1 through 1,500, and for the May election, the jurisdiction could use, then use ballots 1501 through 2400. And for the following November election, the jurisdiction could use ballots 2401 through 4200. Is the director of elections advising jurisdictions to ignore Texas code section 52.001? Matthew Mills, Hood County attorney, raises three very specific questions concerning the numbering of ballots in which Hart Intercivic Voting Systems does not comply in accordance with Texas Election Code. In response to Mill's request for an opinion regarding numbering of ballots, Roger B. Borgelt of Borgelt Law provided an opinion to the Attorney General's office on July 29, 2021. The Texas legislature is constitutionally required to provide for ballot numbering in Texas. The Texas legislature passed the consecutive ballot number statute 35 years ago and provides integrity of the ballot by detecting counterfeited missing or duplicate ballots. Texas Election Code 52.062 requiring consecutive ballot numbering consecutively beginning with the number one is referenced in six of the election code provisions, thereby making it an established mandatory procedure. That is to say, every individual election, as noted here, from uh, the uh, May election, which is generally a municipal election, right, to the November election should all begin with number one and not continuous, as was stated here in uh, this advisory. So here we have an example of election administrators and election commissioners uh, making up their own rules, okay? And specifically, Texas Election Code, Texas Constitution, requires that legislators are the ones, just just as it is across the board in this country and and state to state, legislators are the ones who should be making up or creating, I should say, Texas election, I mean, election laws. Uh, But here we have another example of an administrator or a bureaucrat, basically, who's making up election laws and election advisories, right? Not legal, that's not legal. So Texas election code 52.062 says that um, uh, it requires that consecutive ballot numbers consecutively begin with number one. Okay. Not a continuous Uh, section 51.006, preparing ballots for distribution. The authority responsible for distributing election supplies shall package and seal each set of ballots before their distribution and shall mark the package with the number of ballots enclosed and the range of the ballot serial numbers. Here's the legislation that reflects that. Now it says here, record of ballot distribution. As soon as practicable after the ballots are packaged for distribution, the authority responsible for distributing election supplies shall prepare a record of the number of ballots and the range of serial numbers On the ballots to be distributed to each presiding judge and the early voting clerk. The authority shall preserve the record for the period for preserving the precinct election records. Sections 51.008, supplementing distributed ballots. The authority responsible for distributing election supplies shall retain a reserve of ballots to supplement the distributed ballots and on election day may reallocate previously distributed ballots among the polling places. The authority shall enter on the record of ballot distribution the number of ballots reserved and the number of ballots distributed from the reserve to each polling place. The range of serial numbers on the ballots shall be included in the record. If distributed ballots are reallocated, the authority shall indicate the reallocation on the record of ballot distribution and shall issue a receipt to each presiding election judge showing the number of ballots and the range of serial numbers on the ballots taken from the judge's polling place for redistribution. Each presiding judge shall indicate on the ballot register any reallocation of ballots affecting that polling place. The authority shall retain the undistributed reserve for the period of preserving the precinct election records. Okay, so just kind of reminding our judge here about what they're looking at as far as our sections. Here's section 51.010, failure to distribute or deliver supplies. A person commits an offense if the person is responsible for distributing election supplies for an election and intentionally fails to distribute any of the supplies by the deadline prescribed by section 51.004B. A person commits an offense if the person is entrusted with delivery of election supplies for use at polling places and intentionally fails to deliver any of the supplies within the time specified by the person who entrusted the delivery to the person. An offense under this section is a class C misdemeanor. Section 62.007, examining the ballots. An election officer shall unseal the ballot package, remove the ballots, and examine them to determine whether they are properly numbered and printed. An unnumbered or otherwise defectively printed ballot shall be placed in ballot box number four. Section 62.009, disarranging ballots for voters' selection. As needed for voting, an election officer shall disarrange a supply of the ballots so that they are in random numerical order. The disarranged ballots shall be placed face down on a table in a manner preventing an election officer or other person from ascertaining the number of ballots selected by a voter. The provisional ballots shall be placed separately from the regular ballots. As noted above in Election Advisory 2019 23, the SOS, the Secretary of State, notates, notates the jurisdiction using ESNS and Heart Intercivics does not comply with Section 52062. So uh, here is the advisory that was given to uh, the jurisdictions. And it says here, with the exception of notating the serial number of the ballot ranges, okay? That is to say, they don't have to notate. So, randomized ballot numbering procedures will cause jurisdictions to violate several election codes, okay? So, they're, they're recommending uh, uh, randomizing these things and you're violating all of these election codes that we just went through, okay? So uh, this seems to me that with the heart InterCivic numbering system and the way that it was run and advised, um, some shenanigans were at play here, ladies and gentlemen. In the same advisory, the Secretary of State's office does not advise how jurisdictions will comply with the following Texas election codes. Uh, Section 51.010, how will officials distribute serial numbered range records to polls, Section 62.007, How Officials at Polls Determine if Ballots are Properly Numbered, and Section 62.009, How Will Election Judges Place Numbered Ballots Face Down. Allowing voting machines to generate random text values on ballots will cause confusion and violates several Texas election codes, which are punishable by law. The Secretary of State is provided the authority to prescribe operating procedures related to voting systems. The Texas Election Code does not provide the Secretary of State the authority to advise to ignore any sections of the Election Code as law and procedure are not the same. There is no authority that grants the Secretary of State defendants to interpret Texas Election Code for the following advising to jurisdictions to ignore Texas Election Code 52.062. The legislative branch did not provide the Secretary of State the authority to ignore Texas Election Code nor to advise to jurisdictions to do the same in violation of Texas uh, Con Art Section 6.4 in regards to numbering the tickets and the ballots, nor did they um, (laughs) grant the Secretary of State the ability to hinder jurisdictions' ability to detect and punish fraud, and persevere the purity and preserve the purity of the ballot box, as randomized ballot numbers prevent election judges from recording, validating, and tracking the official ballot serial number ranges they were in possession of, personally distributed, and retained at their polling locations again, violating Texas Con Art Six Section Four. The Election Code specifically assigns the Secretary of State duties to ensure uniform compliance, but does not provide the Secretary of State with discretion to advise any jurisdiction to ignore or refuse to comply with the Election Code. The Secretary of State, defendants, and county officials disregard for Texas Election Code, in their guidance to jurisdiction violates the separation of powers clause of Art 2, Article 2, Section 1 of the Texas Constitution. The Texas Constitution provides that only legislatures can suspend laws, not the Secretary of State, a member of the executive branch. That is something that we've seen across the board, not just here in the state of Texas, y'all, but almost in every state during this entire uh, pandemic thing going on in 2020, okay. Uh, but uh, I mean, this this here is crazy because it's not even involving like the uh, the safety of the voter, right? Or like uh, you know, like what what do we see in Michigan? What do we see in Wisconsin? What do we see in Arizona? where you have the secretaries of state um, giving out uh, guidance or advisories on how to determine signature matching and stuff like that. This is like the numbering of ballots and ignoring the law here is being, what is is being advised essentially by the secretary of state in Texas. So that was that Ruth R Hughes woman, right? Uh, Secretary of State number 5 under Abbott, she's the one that made these advisories. Ooh, boy, she in big trouble, y'all. She's in big trouble. These actions are in contradiction, says the lawsuit, to the election code and how it is to be interpreted and applied for uniformity across the state of Texas for all voting systems. By suspending laws and authorizing exceptions to the election code, the Secretary of State defendants have and continue to unlawfully modify election law in the state of Texas. The C-Report and all the shows on this podcast channel are 100% listener supported. We don't have corporate sponsors. We don't have independent sponsors. Our sponsors are you, the listener. So if you like the work we do and like what we have to say and contribute to the world of news and information and entertainment, please show us your support. Make a monthly donation to help sustain future episodes at anchor.fm slash the C report. Your support is greatly appreciated. From 99 cents per month to four ninety nine per month, to $9.99 per month. Every donation counts and every bit helps. Show your support for The Sea Report and other shows on this podcast channel by visiting anchor.fm slash the sea report. And thanks, y'all. The legislature provided a very clear and specific mandate prepare and distribute detailed and comprehensive written directives and instructions that comply with election code to state and local election authorities. The Secretary of State's defendants and county officials defiance of election code knowingly caused the plaintiffs registered voters of Texas to cast a vote under a false pretense um, um, to prevent a cast of a legal vote in which the plaintiffs are eligible to vote, it caused the ballots not to reflect the intent of the plaintiffs or the voters, and defendants committed the the offense while acting in the capacity of an elected official. Randomized ballot numbering generated by Hart InterCivic Verity 2.4 results in multiple election law violations, the Texas Constitution, and the Texas Penal Code. And all of this was because of the way that Hart InterCivic machines randomly numbered their ballots, okay? So SOS and these election administrators are like, yeah, we're gonna use Hart InterCivic's way of um, generating ballot numbers and it violated all of that, ladies and gentlemen. So Heart InterCivic, it seems with their machines, it had to do with A, the way that these machines generate the ballot numbers, but but it was a human that authorized the use of the ballot numbering system of Heart InterCivic, okay? So I don't know that we could necessarily blame it on Heart InterCivic. These machines, it appears, the way that they number ballots, were created to totally botch the system uh, that would allow the uh, that would allow election workers, election administrators, and the Secretary of State uh, to, um, uh, to to submit a a, a lawful and a uh, a ballot that made sense according to the code, the way that we have it written. So uh, that's actually kind of an interesting take on the voting machines, okay? Uh, when we're looking at Dominion and ESNS and Heart and very interesting way. You see what I mean, guys? When we're when I say that they found like thirty or forty different ways to violate election law and to uh, basically basically fraud Americans out of the vote. Like they, they, there were so many different ways that they defrauded and bamboozled Americans and, you know, thusly stole the vote. Here's just another way that they did it with the voting machine. You know, this had nothing to do with being connected to uh, the internet. It had nothing to do with someone being able to put malware into the machine. It was simply the way that this machine generates its ballot sequencing, the numbering of it, Couple that with some advisories, which are against the law from a secretary of state or an election administrator, and bam, there you go. You have another way that they frauded Americans through the voting system. It's crazy, right? They found every single way that they could do it, guys, in 2020. They implemented it, and they uh, executed it. Uh, okay, we're almost at the end of this section of the lawsuit, Heart InterCivic e uh, during the 2018 midterms, a number of straight ticket voters complained that Hart's e-slate system had switched their choices to the opposite party. You guys remember we went through those uh, we went through those headlines, we read those articles where uh, Texas voters were like, "I voted straight ticket and all of a sudden my uh, my vote went from straight ticket Republican to straight t- t- ticket Democrat." You guys remember those? that was the main that was the main hubbub from 2016 all the way through 2020 right so that's what this is addressing others reported that hart eastlake machines appeared to remove any selection for the united states senate in 2008 the texas democrat party sued then secretary of state roger williams who was that number 3 or number 4 right uh, oh no wait 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 That was probably number one (laughs) over a similar straight ticket voting error affecting the same Hart E. Slate machines. April 30th, 2009. um, Oh, wait, I take it back. Abbott wasn't even in office then. Okay. Uh, April 30th, 2009, the Secretary of State's office certified Hart E. Slate voting system version 6.2.1 for the use in Texas elections without the required Uh, election assistance commission certification. California Secretary of State Deborah Brown released the uh, results of the state's review of the voting system used in the state. Red team led by UC Davis computer scientist, Matthew Bishop tasked with examining security vulnerabilities found that Hart InterCivic could be compromised. Many of the attacks could be mitigated, but not all of the attacks. Red Team also noted that they did not have enough time to fully examine the systems and were confident that further examination would reveal additional vulnerabilities um, to security in the voting system. Samples of the kinds of attacks the team was able to conduct on the Hart InterCivic System included election management system. The testers did not test the Windows system on which the Heart election management software was installed because Heart does not configure the operating system or provide default configuration. Heart software security settings provided a restricted heart-defined environment that the testers bypassed, allowing them to run the Heart software in standard Windows environment. They also found an undisclosed account on the Heart software that an attacker who penetrated the host operating system could exploit to gain unauthorized access to the HEART election management database. Number two, the eScan uh, system. The testers were able to overwrite the eScan firmware. The team also accessed menus that should have been locked with passwords. Other attacks allowed the team to alter vote totals. These attacks used ordinary objects. The team, in cooperation with the source code review team, was able to issue administrative commands to the e the JBC. The team developed a surreptitious device that caused the JBC to authorize access codes without poll worker intervention. The team verified that the mobile ballot box card can be altered during an election. The team also found that post-election safeguards to prevent the altered data on a tampered MBB card from being counted, can be easily bypassed. And finally, e-slate. The testers were able to remotely capture the audio from a voting session of an e-slate with an audio enabled, thereby providing an attack that violates voters' privacy. The team was able to force an e-slate to produce multiple barcodes after printing ballot accepted on the VVPAT records, this could cause a county that used barcode readers to read the VVPAT to produce erroneous vote totals. So, I guess heart inter-civic machines are also vulnerable to hacks and other types of malware. Brandon Hurley, a a Secretary of State Examiner, Notates on his examination report dated February nineteenth, two 2008, January 18, 2020, sorry, January 18, 2018, all of the appointed examiners gather with Hart officials for remainder of the inspection and testing of the 6.2.1 system. The examiner and the Heart officials held a lengthy discussion Concerning past published issues and issues in other states that have come up with Hart InterCivic 6.2.1 systems and its predecessors. In particular, a previous decertification by the California Secretary of State was discussed. Hart officials represented that California immediately recertified the system after it was decertified. Hurley further noted, Recommendation is conditioned on satisfactory answers being provided by Hart to the Secretary of State's office in response to the list provided to Hart on February 6, 2006. The answers to these questions are due from Hart on February 22, 2008. If any of the questions or additional issues, then I would suspend this recommended recommendation pending the resolution of such issues. If any of the questions or additional issues, then I would suspend this recommendation pending the resolution of such issues. Tom Watson, a Secretary of State examiner, notates on his examination report the following. Tally, Rally, and Servo employ the secure desk feature, which is supposed to prevent access to the operating system by the operator during the election processing. A flaw in the secure desktop was discovered during the tally examination. The standard Windows file dialog is used to select a file when exporting VR data. This is a significant flaw because it allows an operator to delete files or launch a program that could manipulate the data files. But there is a security issue. The file dialogue flaw is significant and must be corrected. Steven Berger prepared a report for the Secretary of State on Heart InterCivic Voting System version 6.2.1, in which he recommended that this system not be certified until Heart InterCivic addressed the issue he cited below. Conditions of certification All files installed with the system must be filed with the NIST NRSL. Heart a civic's response is egregiously deficient. To support incoming inspection of new systems, a list of all files installed is needed so that the new system can be verified as having only the system as certified. Pre- and post-election checks to confirm that software has not been changed or tampered with um, are also recommended. To do this, local jurisdiction must have hash codes. Of all static files. Further, to avoid the system having a single point vulnerability, the non-static files that change with use should be evaluated by an entity other than the vendor. You remember, you remember guys, with um, uh, with uh, ESNS, they themselves were uh, the ones who were verifying or confirming whether or not their, their comp- voting systems actually had security. That's a big no, no, ladies and gentlemen, you need an independent verifier. You need an independent verifier. Uh, It goes on to say here, why non-static files change should be understood by state and local authorities. Election officials should make their own independent determination that files that change with use and are not included in pre and post election checks are appropriate and do not represent a security vulnerability. In response to the question, beyond the files installed with Heart software, what other files in the operating system and elsewhere do the applications in Hart 6.2.1 system use? This is how Heart InterCivic responded. Like most Windows-based software, System 6.2.1's HVS applications make broad use of Windows resources including hundreds of DLLs DLLs, and other uh, executable files, HART would be happy to provide information on the identification of each of these individual files and their respective purpose and characteristics. An example, why does hash code value change from one day to the next or one install to the next, but the information was not required during the original ITA and uh, certification testing, nor during subsequent. In its response, Hart illustrates the importance of this point. The HEART software makes broad use of window resources, including hundreds of DLLs and other exec- exec- executable files. Each of these files represent a potential vulnerability, an opportunity to introduce malicious code into the system, For that very reason, it is essential that the information be available to verify these files both in the certification process pre- and post-election. Past deficiencies are no reason to propagate a vulnerability into the future. Being able to confirm that the software certified at the national and state level is identical to that installed and used in election is one of the most significant improvements to the total election system security that can be made. Implementing such checks require not mo- requires not modification or recertification of a voting system, unlike many changes. The tools to verify hash codes are readily available and do not require extensive training to use. It is hard to imagine why a change that is beneficial is being resisted. In its response on the hash code issue, Hart InterCivic states, These criteria have been imposed on HART hash code submissions by arrangements agreed between HART and the NIST in the absence of other specific authoritative requirements for vendor reference files. This statement is inaccurate and misleading. This examiner has met personally and had multiple phone conversations with the NIST staff. NIST-NSR will hash and post any files a vendor gives them to post. Although the HART InterCivic system is, uh, is an NASED certified, it fails to meet some requirements of NASED certification dealing with operating system configuration. A secure configuration of the operating system provided must be provided with instructions on how to check the configuration. To assert that the system is adequately secure, HART must specify an operating system configuration with adequate safeguards to assure that the HART applications will only run in a secure configuration of the operating system. The configuration should be consistent with industry practice as represented in the NIST security configuration checklist for its operating system, Windows 2000 Professional. In its response to the questions about Heart InterCivic recommended configuration, the company stated Setup and configuration of HBS application computers is accomplished only by qualified Hart technical personnel and includes all Windows updates as of the date of the install. This practice is not acceptable. Voting system applications use many operating systems functions. Changes to the operating system should only be made after uh, approval by the Texas Director of Elections after appropriate review. Further, safeguards are needed to assure that only the approved update is installed on systems. The current practice that potentially allows traditional software to be installed under the guise that it is part of the operating system update. To assure a secure election system, there should never be a point at which individuals from a single organization can change the software. At a minimum, individuals from two different organizations should approve and verify any changes to the operating system in the case of operating system upgrades it would be preferable that the vendor recommend and the director of elections approve any patches to the operating system then that the vendor install all patches and the local jurisdiction have the tools and information to verify that the system delivered to them have only certified software, including the version and updates to the operating system. Further local jurisdictions should have the tools and information to confirm that no additional software has been added to the system. Recommended administrative use procedures for the system are needed. HART InterCivic has a history of issues regarding hash validations to include version 6.2.1, yet the Secretary of State's office did certify without publishing answers regarding if conditions had been met. Berger's report is listed, a multitude of security flaws presented in the Hart InterCivic 6.1, 6.2.1 voting system. So uh, here are some of those um, some of those issues flaws. Do you remember we used the word "cots," ladies and gentlemen? Cots standing for uh, commercial off the shelf. Okay, so commercial off the shelf just basically means uh, it's it, it's something that you would buy off the shelf. It, there's no type of um, a uh, uh, real security issue that is determined by it it's not manufactured in a way that is specific towards the needs of the buyer okay it's just off the shelf commercial off the shelf so a uh, commercial off the shelf um general purpose computer system requirements okay so cots operating systems many varieties of unix and linux um vulnerabilities to unintended uh effects from other user sessions, applications, and utilities executing on the same platform at the same time as election software, okay? Further requirements must be applied to COTS operating systems to ensure completeness and integrity of audit data for election software. These operating systems are capable of executing multiple applications programs simultaneously These systems include both servers and workstations or PCs, including many varieties of Unix and Linux, and those offered by Microsoft and Apple. Election software running on these COTS systems is vulnerable to unintended effects from other user sessions, applications, and utilities executing on the same platform at the same time as the election software. Simultaneous processes of concern include unauthorized network connections, unplanned user logins, and unintended execution or termination of operating systems processes. An unauthorized network connection or unplanned user login can host unintended processes and user actions such as the termination of operating system audit, the termination of election software processes, or the deletion of election software audit and logging data the execution of an operating system process could be fully uh, could be a full system scan at the time when the process would adversely affect the election software processes operating systems processes improperly terminated could be system audit or malicious code detection to counter these vulnerabilities three operating system protections are required on all systems on which election software is hosted. So there is what you find with um, COTS, uh, commercial off-the-shelf units, and the parts that are used to make up these um, voting system machines, okay? These security vulnerabilities provide access to election system in a way in which vote totals may be altered. The Secretary of State's office issued a preliminary statement on April 30th, 2019, under conditions, the examiners discovered two potential security concerns and advised security protocols to follow to mitigate these vulnerabilities. If these security protocols are not followed, then it is theoretically possible to have access to the operating system and run or delete other programs. Jurisdictions are advised to, one, restrict usage of the voting system, and two, restrict what software is loaded onto the voting system computer. The Secretary of State's office further conditioned the certification of version 6.2.1 by applying procedures for jurisdictions. One, two-person access with one-person logon on a Windows 2000 operating system and one person to start the application. Two, two-person control team on the tally when open, three, Windows 2000 audit logs, which tracks logons and attempts, four, Windows 2000 to harden operating system, five, jurisdictions must file an initial written com- confirmation with the Secretary of State that they are uh, in compliance with the procedures. By the Secretary of State's current website, there are 35 counties Utilizing this version of Heart InterCivic. Dun dun dun, ladies and gentlemen. So man, Heart Inter Civic was a very, very technical portion of this lawsuit. Goodness me, oh my, ladies and gentlemen. Wow, so there were a lot of things that were going wrong with Heart InterCivic. Apparently. The Texas Secretary of State's office has known about this since 2008, okay? Since 2008, the Secretary of State's office has known about this and yet to this day we are still we still have 35 counties that are using Heart InterCivic. And then the question then becomes did these counties utilize these five points? That are required in order to use it. Most importantly, not only does the numbering system generated by the Heart InterCivic machines disrupt and violate Texas law for elections, these machines are also highly vulnerable to hacking. Okay. All right, Texas, Heart InterCivic and ESNS voting systems. That's what we use. That's what we vote on. It seems to me that through this lawsuit, the Texas Secretary of State has absolutely no reason to be using these machines, and that uh, Texas Attorney General Paxton should not only have kicked out Dominion voting machines, but they should have kicked out Heart InterCivic and ESNS. But you see how they do it, ladies and gentlemen? Do you see how they do it? They will address a national issue to make themselves look good, but then they're still using corrupted, uh, corrupted machines and it pacifies Texans. It pacifies the Republicans who are like, oh, our Republican party. Oh, them good old rhinos. Wait, 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 wait. What is the Republican party here in the state of Texas? Texas. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, the Republican Party here in the state of Texas ain't nothing but a big old herd of rhinos, ladies and gentlemen. All right, and that's why the people of Texas are suing the state for the legal failures in our elections. On the next episode of Lone Star News, we're going to talk about a whistleblower that everyone knows and most people don't want to know. We'll get to that in the next one. And boy, we still have some ground to cover. I tell you guys, I'm probably going to have to put in some overtime this weekend. Otherwise, we ain't going to hear about other Texas news for at least two or three more weeks. But that is okay. All right, guys. We're going to call it a wrap. Thank you guys for hanging through that. That was a tough one. That was a technical one. Um, But you guys, you hung in. you, You hanged in there with the best of us. Uh, If you're joining us live over at Rumble, Twitch, Trovo, Clout Hub, Pill.net, the Foxhole.app, we'll be back at 7.30 with another episode of the Sea Report. I'm sure you guys are looking forward to that one, but you know what? I think now you all deserve to go get something to eat, maybe get something to drink, because you know what? My mind's pretty fried after reading all of that uh, lawsuit here, there, now, then, and don't you know? But we'll see you next time. You guys have a great weekend from Lone Star News. You might see Lone Star News this weekend. I'm just saying. Otherwise, look forward to another episode of the C-Report. This is your host, Mr. C, signing out for now. You guys have a great evening, a great afternoon. We'll see you next time. Talk about Georgia. Uh, President Trump truthed about this earlier. Ballot images missing, right? Drop boxes with no video. And Disney's like, well, we don't care about that. We're gonna die on this hill. We're going to be gay and we're going to rape our children no matter what you say because we are Disney. Uh, we don't normally run Sea in the Dark uh, during the week. Uh, for those of you who are wondering, what the heck is this bald Band talking about? Uh, you know, multiple broadcasts and shows come here on Mr. CTV channel. Uh, so you got your C Report Monday through Friday in the evening hours, right? And uh, we do see in the Dark, which is a late night weekend talk show kind of, you know broadcast right So, guys watch out we got a swamp creature coming to the screen so look out now look out now (laughs) oh no it's wretched gretchen whitmer get your mr c swag mr c and the c report mugs shirts swimwear Tink Tops, Men's, Women's, Children, Stationery, Home Goods, Apparel, Support, and Promote America First with The Sea Report. Go to Shop Mr. C Online Store at www.thecreport.com. Click on Store on the top right menu. Use coupon code 1776reborn at checkout.